0: I am unashamed. What about you?
1: All right, welcome back to Unashamed. It's always good to have Zach in the house. We never know if we'll have him the whole time. He just—he's kind of like a ghost. He just floats in and out. He just—he comes and he goes. He's like a mist, Jase.
2: Yeah, it's kind of I was of a D, I was there Diva-like yesterday. Eva like status. Yeah, you were there, but we were having a discussion. I
1: noticed you usually tend to fade out right after a really strong, you know, point or you really make a case for something that's really strong. Then you're just before we can rebut or well, he was kind of comment. Then he just, was he was kind of taking you know me
2: on yeah about whatever it was right. And then he's like, I said my he said his piece. And then he's like talk to the mic
3: <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't this taking you on i was just <laughs> i was just uh giving a a word of caution not to move yeah, yeah. quickly into word. gnosticism that's all i was doing well, that, well, i wasn't I taking mean, you on i gotta look this up
2: let me see if i'm getting <laughs> here's a word Gnostic. of the day yeah. Jace.
1: nice can you that's use it thing. in a sentence and it starts with a G, so don't be yeah. don't be fooled there, yeah, Jess. That's a silent G. T-
2: now, who in the world knows what Gnosticism means?
1: <laughs> I know what it means. Do you?
2: Yeah. Well what is it? Oh look, I'm I'm it starts I'm with type, the G. Look, I'm typing it like I'm a I'm sending it as a message. And I was like, well, There's nothing coming up. I was sending G Gnosticism of- a message. What would what would be the message that Gnosticism needs to hear? G N
1: what? O s t i c i s. Look at there. It came up. Oh, man. Long definition. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh. Actually, th- this it's, I think it's
1: very apropos for for this, for this where we're fixing to go in this. Now, world.
2: whoever wrote this, because this is not inspired. This is coming from the internet.
1: <laughs> Why is that
2: funny?
1: I just thought it was good you said it wasn't inspired. I
2: thought that. Well, <laughs> these people are world, you know. I get a message every other day, yes, my account, my Twitter account has been hacked, I just say that. I'm <laughs> yeah. not even sure what this is. Let's be keep relieved. that going because we've <laughs> yeah.
1: been talking about this for two weeks yeah. and I'm getting hammered on Twitter. People are like, your brother, like, like, I don't know about
2: the computer. They're like, dude, I ain't paying $600 for that, you know, would you do it for five? I'm like, <laughs>
3: it's not me,
2: it's not, not
3: me uh we can't look all of our twitter contacts are are gone so i don't know what like, i it's hard to get a hold if you know any, if anybody at twitter just like, reach out to us because yeah we got to get jay's fixed up I, tried we, we have Elon no Musk. Anymore.
2: I told my assistant i said start at the top
3: <laughs> and
2: she said what do you mean i was like try to get a hold of him <laughs> Tell him you're you're because every
1: once in a while he'll just
3: randomly well, answer. That's something. what I said.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. I'm waiting for well, uh, the call. Uh, somebody
3: so. somebody told me this is true, somebody told me that they got Elon Musk's cell phone and they swear it's his, it was his actual cell phone and texted him about this particular issue and never got a response so i don't know they also they also said he changes his cell phone number every six months so it could be an old number oh so we I, did I, theoretically send him a text saying we theori- yeah he has yeah, okay. we have a number that has been reported to have been Good. elon musk phone number that has been texted someone texted one of my guys <laughs> texted him and said there's the here's the situation and to our surprise, he did not respond. <laughs> I'm sure Elon Musk so. was thinking, these people, who are these people? I don't know. I thought he
2: might have been a duck hunter. I don't know. Maybe not. No. So uh, this Gnosticism, oh, do we want to do this? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know what it was. I yeah. I, I mean, who's... Who no, is?
1: I think it's important because I think we're going to wind up there because I, I wanted to later well, is on... Is this a current thing? Yeah, because it actually is going to... People gonna ta- are, are Gnosticisms or what it, well, where, it, where would they be? A Gnostic? Gnostics.
2: Gnostics. Gnostics. Are they Gnostics today? Well, yes. It's not,
3: yes. Oh, Gnosticism so there are people? is still around. Right, well, me, I mean, they me wouldn't call mean. them. Yeah. They probably wouldn't call themselves Gnostics, but Gnosticism is yeah, alive I'm, and well for sure. I mean, yeah, at least oh, the remnants okay. of it, of, the, of kind of that way of thinking.
2: This just says a prominent heretical, so I guess that's the heritage of heresy. Yeah. Heretical movement of the second century Christian church. Mm-hmm. Partly a pre Christian origin. Hm. It teaches that the world was created and ruled by a lesser divinity. And I mean, they have a word. I don't know the Demurge. I don't even know what that is. Uh, that Christ was an was an emissary of the remote supreme divine being. I mean, they're using words that I'm not really a. Uh, Something about knowledge of whom enabled the redemption of the human spirit.
1: Basically, I don't even know what this means. said they were saying he wasn't really God in flesh. Well, thank you. Was the, That's if you, you know. It. You're, but, if but you're the way, into something well. that,
2: when you read the definition, you're more confused than uh Okay, I mean, just get it to a bumper sticker.
3: <laughs> they didn't believe yeah, well, God what, came the, in flesh. Well, not necessarily that. It could be um that the spiritual world is inherently good and then the physical world is inherently bad. So there's this dichotomy of spirit versus physical, spirit being good, uh physical being bad. So he couldn't that, be that in was flesh because flesh is Well, was they bad. probably get that point where it, the cuz the Bible says uh the works of the flesh.
2: Right. He yeah, but he's talking he about the sinful it nature. It's not right.
3: That's not. Yeah, he's not talking no. about the physical. Well, like you, you know, what God made is good, and so like uh, I got a book back here on my shelf by Nancy Piercy where she elevates the uh, position of the body. It's called Love Thy Body, um, and it's it's it, the, the the true Christian uh, principle would be that it's an elevation of the human body. Like we like uh, the Christianity doesn't devalue. The physical, it elevates the physical, and to be human is to be physical, right? I mean, we have a body with a spirit. There's a bodily resurrection. There's going to be. So, my point was, I'm only not not that you were disagreeing with me. I was just when you went to Romans eight.
2: Well, when you started, when about, you started talking about gnosticism, I just my brain just stopped working. <laughs> but now we can
3: clarify this for <laughs> Yeah, we clarified. You know, yeah, because I'm like, what? What, did, what did
2: he call me? You know, say, I feel like that. What did you call me?
3: <laughs> but, but, <laughs> you you gonna, but you'd be surprised. Listen, though, you'd be surprised that I'm telling you, And as soon as this episode airs, you're going to read the comments, and you're going to be surprised at how many people that listen to this podcast, they know the term Gnosticism.
2: Well, you're you, going to you, be you, surprised. You would be surprised. Let me give you a surprise. I will not be reading the comments. So surprise.
3: <laughs> I will read
2: the comments and I'll report back. <laughs> surprise, 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 We got all kinds of surprises. And it's not that we I did. don't care. I just, I really just don't have time. I'm
1: literally leaving here. Uh, on a jet plane. On a jet plane. It's funny you know? because it's the it's the third Tuesday in a row. So th- I just thought about this. So three Three Tuesdays ago, Dad was leaving on a plane, which is the most unlikely, but he was. Mm-hmm. And then last week I left on a plane, and then today you're leaving on a plane, and I'm cutting it way more thin than y'all. Well, actually, I was on the same flight you were on last week, oh. so yeah, yeah. But you can make you. Where are you going,
2: Jason? On. So uh,
1: I'm going to tell? the East Coast. Yes, I can. All you can
2: always generalize everything. He can. And he I, can talk uh, in regions, but we're actually going to do regions two episodes, uh, that's the plan, you know, so I'm going to be gone for a very long time. So, uh, yeah, in I'll, fact,
1: I'll, the next I'll, time you're on the podcast, you'll be remote from one I'll of your remo- secret locations from a secret location.
2: So, uh, and then, but you know, lots of stories and adventures await. So I'm, I'm excited. This is, this is real adventures. It's not the jungle Island living off the land, sleeping in a tent, but it's, uh, it's a big area. We're going to a different spot, so there have been a lot of adventures.
1: So so there was a, a couple of things I was going to mention. I ju- it just made me think of it when we were talking about reason. So when I was on the road last week, I was actually up visiting. Uh, it was in Zach's area. And um, so we saw um, Jesus' Revolution while we were there. Now, what is that? It's, it's a movie about the— Jesus Revolution of the '60s was it '60? Yeah, late '60s. Yeah,
3: and, Calvary uh, Chapel and, and the yeah, Calvary Chapel, and,
1: and it, it was it was actually Greg Lowry. Dad, do you remember? You and I went out to California, maybe fifteen years ago, and we went to Anaheim Stadium, and Greg Lowry is the pastor out there. He did q and A Q&A with you right in the center field. I remember that in Angel Stadium. A little bit about it. It was 45,000 people. That's what I'll never yep. forget. Yep. I led the opening prayer, and then you did a Q&A, but he was a fantastic guy. Yeah, he was. And he has this crusade. Well, it was his story of conversion, but it was set in this whole revolution of all these people coming to Christ out of the hippie movement. Mm. And the movie was fantastic. Zach had mentioned it a couple of podcasts ago, but oh. I had not seen it. I was moved to tears I would say three different times. One of them was when when Greg Lowry, the the who now is a pastor and has led many people to Christ, was baptized himself. And they had this—they uh, call it Pirates Cove. This cove out in California that set up, and they were doing all these baptisms, and it was really amazing because it was all these hippies who were, you know, all this drugs and rock and roll and trying to find themselves and you know, trying to find the freedom of the '60s, and the whole idea was. They were searching for something. And, of course, they were searching for God is what they were looking for. But they didn't know what it was. They didn't know what they were looking for. Well, you know, they found him. Eventually, a bunch of them did. And so it was just really fascinating, I thought. And Zach, and and you had met these guys that made the movie. But I I was just, I, I just wanted to mention to the audience that I thought it was fascinating. It really showed a lot of the weaknesses of men and ministry, and I, I thought they did a really nice job of just showing yeah, it wasn't, the fralty. Yeah, it wasn't, per,
3: it wasn't perfect, you know. I loved how they no. showed um, right. Yeah, which no, much no ministry leader is perfect, right? And so you have issues right. and sin, and and God just works with with sinful people. But uh, yeah, luckily I, I had already seen the movie because I had to I had to leave about <laughs> f- five minutes in because our our kid was our youngest was not having it. So, Sorry, so, I went I with I Zach, so I
1: went with that was Zach's family and, and his kids, which was hilarious because they're just like a moving beehive of activity. And so Zach gets up because he's got his little one. He had to take the little one out. And so the, we were laughing at his kids. But it was just, I was really, I really loved the movie. But while we were there, I also saw another movie. Did you ever see the movie Harriet Tubman? I don't watch a whole lot of movies. But... I'm going to tell you something. You need to watch this movie. It's a she. She was a she was a runaway slave, hmm. and what fascinated yeah, that's me. Powerful. It's very powerful, and she and so she's basically set up. She was one of the main uh, people that set up. They call it the railroad of runaway slaves, where she would go in and then help people escape to the north. And she was one of the main people that did it. But what what got me about it was I, I had always imagined in my mind that she was somewhere in the deep South doing this. But I I guess I didn't realize that, you know, the during the Civil War, I mean, it went all the way up to Maryland. You know, the, 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 the war was fought much further north than you think about. But she was taken off from just right up in the Virginia, Maryland area. But they were going all the way up to Canada, you know, taking these, you know, other slaves up north. But she was one of the most courageous people that's ever lived. And it's her story, and so Lisa and I just happened to catch it while we were up there at Zach. Act. We were we watched it one night, and I was I just I had not seen it, and I just thought it was really really a powerful story. I mean, her her story. Was yeah, incredible. the Mason
3: the Mason Dixon line actually goes through New Jersey, so the southern tip of New Jersey was below the Mason Dixon line, which is incredible. To think about so that was going on all the way up that up, up that far north, not just in the deep south, but yeah, I mean those are those are both two incredible movies, D- Jesus Revolution. Um, is doing very well. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's – what a bright spot, you know, in kind of media right now to, to see that kind of movie do so well. You know, speaking of speaking of movies, uh, you know – And by the way, Jace, oh, the I guy that plays
1: Jesus in it is – I mean, the guy the that plays guy. Jesus in The Chosen is, is – he's one of the main stars in this movie. Jesus. Oh, really? I yeah. met him.
3: Yeah. I he, like that. Yeah, and they've got uh, – Kelsey Grammer is in yep, it. he's in it. Um and who is that? He played, the guy he that used played, to play Fraser, Cheers, and and Cheers, and then Fraser, Fraser. He's a he's I a never, big time actor. Never I watched it. Yeah, he's You never big, watched Cheers?
2: Never watched it. Well, they were oh, in a man. bar. <laughs> I thought. Oh. Well,
0: I bet I'm going to get Dance some advice it. there.
2: <laughs> no, I never watched one episode. <laughs> I loved Frazier. Got to have his morals. I didn't, I didn't really are.
1: watch Cheers, but I loved Frazier, which was a, a sequel of Cheers. I, I love that show. I heard a guy. I almost watched it one time because we had a guy at our
2: church. He got up and recited the song. Yeah, that they sing. Everybody knows your name. You know, I wasn't real sure what his point was. So I got the idea for this keeps ad because I. I realize they've been, I think, the longest tenure for ad. I right? think so. They've been with us from the very beginning, which right. we're so very he, appreciative. So what I think y'all are to do is, is, Zach, you and Al, since y'all are the two with hair problems, <laughs> is y'all could do a commercial, you know, and it's like it's like a version of that, that commercial they re, they've they been running for like 30 years, you know, when the woman's like, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, You could be like... My hair is falling (laughs) and it won't stay put. (laughs) So y'all could like.
3: (laughs) A keeps alert. (laughs) It was a thought, you know. (laughs) I was I was wondering where you were going with that. Well, Well,
1: that's where I went. I think. Jace is a regular marketing genius. So basically what keeps does is, is they do help you keep your hair. Um. And they, anybody can try this product. They especially target the the younger guys because you're trying to hang on to it as young as possible. Once it's gone, it's a lot harder uh, to be able to hang on to it. So uh, they encourage you guys to check them out. They have a clinically proven FDA-approved hair loss treatment. It's available online. It's totally private. Um, it prevents hair loss. It can stimulate hair growth. Uh, and it can also help you take better care of the hair that you have. It uh, provides a medical provider to help you find the right product and develop a personalized hair-saving routine that works for you. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. It's delivered straight to your door at about half the cost of a traditional pharmacy. And as we said, they've been with us from the very beginning and we're very appreciative of what these guys are doing. So if you're ready to take action and join thousands of guys who have saved their hair with Keeps, Get a special offer by going to keeps.com slash door. That's k e e p s dot com slash door. Keeps dot slash door. He actually, I remember that exact thing. Is one of our elders. He was talking about how that he was. It was a description of what the church should be, but it was yeah. about a bar. That's what I thought. I thought, yeah. I got lost in translation, because I hadn't seen the show. I still remember that, too, which actually is a pretty good illustration if you and I both still That's
2: remember true. that. It that was, is true. I do remember that. I do, too. Well, and I
3: thought... I remember, well, I remember that. I remember that, too. I, I thought, if I was you're going to sing,
2: sing. If you're going to preach,
3: preach. But, you know,
2: I mean... You know what the, But you can't do both. Well, I just... Because he was saying, I was just... Go ahead and just... You know, sing it.
1: Fly me over the moon. I wish I had the lyrics to it now. I interrupt you, Zach. What were you saying about movies?
3: No, I was going to say on ours, uh, I met with our marketing company um, who's going to be marketing the film. And, um, you know, I've been pushing the email list and all that to get folks involved in what we're doing. But um, they've worked on a lot of Christian films and they're like, man, we've never seen an audience this fired up the amount of emails uh, the amount of people that signed up for emails that want to be part of helping us launch i i I did want to thank uh the unashamed nation for you know signing up at theblindmovie.com because it's been overwhelming i mean uh, it's it's really helping us uh, meet with distributors they're like wow you guys have a very loyal um excited group of people that want to back what you're doing which always helps so I did want to take a moment just to thank if, if you have signed up um, to, to get um, information about the blind and how you can help us get it out there um, by the way the website theblindmovie.com I do want to thank you guys cuz it's that campaign's doing really well so um, I think that it, but the the Jesus Revolution movie just shows though that I think people are hungry for content that's that, uh, is not degrading culture if any and, and even more so uplifting culture and telling a bigger story you know, the gospel. I thought they did a really good job. It was filmed very well. Um, you know, so I think it's an elevation of kind of what, you know, the kind of stories that the church needs to tell, you know, and it seems to be
1: now, I don't know, maybe, maybe COVID and post COVID that, that faith movies and uplifting movies are definitely showing that they can make money and and compete with, you know, Hollywood movies and kind of the typical genre stuff. And Chosen, uh, Dallas and those guys have shown, when, by, by putting these the Chosen deals on big theaters, that they can compete. We can compete.
3: Yeah, but you know what? The thing is, the sad thing is, though, is, is that you have to kind of go around the apparatus to do it. So Yeah, like, you do.
1: You, yeah, we don't you know, get a you fair shake. You yeah.
3: have to – No, we don't get a fair shake. I mean, the chosen they they have a like a a a group of people that said no, we're going to support this and be behind this, and we're going to go download the app. We're going to that's why our email campaign is so important because you have to have you have to come to the table if you're coming with a story about faith. You have to come to the table with a group of people and say, hey, here's here's who's coming to the table with us, or they won't take you serious. And I'm hoping that through with every success that these kind of movies have. Or this kind of content, the more, the more success that we have in the marketplace, it's kind of forcing the discussion, you know, with with the people who own the apparatuses, the distribution models. Um, I mean, it's I think it's a big deal, even beyond just the story of redemption. It's about, you know, our information about Jesus is consistent, I mean, constantly the devil's trying to throttle it and and stomp it out. Good news is, I mean, we go back to this a lot, is we do believe that we belong to a kingdom that can't be shaken or destroyed. So I mean, in the end, God's God's information is going to get out. I'm not, I'm not, but I mean, it is kind of cool to see how God uses people to make that happen.
0: Sunday morning, ninety percent of the people I spoke to on the side of, yeah. of, of where they have the main services, it was a packed house, and ninety percent of them were from out of state, out of Louisiana. Covered, are they, are they listening the to the acro- podcast all the way across the? Yeah, all yeah, over they, yeah, the way across the United States.
2: I was there because I met them at the next part. <laughs> yeah, because we hung around. I was like, when you when you don't uh, when you can't find a parking place, you realize this is going to be a long day. But yeah, I, so I met a lot of them. No, it was it was good. I
0: was going to make one comment. The winds them. of a mass repentance, I can feel coming up. Well good. I just watched, Man, the, that, traffic. I've watched a, the traffic.
2: Maybe it's a maybe it's a Jesus revolution. There you
0: go. Oh, oh, I love
3: what I'm love, saying. For uh, love to see it. I
2: always believe in the Jesus revolution. Just one the next person you share with is liable to be a spark.
1: Exactly.
2: But I was yeah. going to say I think uh I think the Christian world has closed the gap on I mean let's face it there's a reason uh Christian movies didn't do very well. And it was because they weren't very good. That's exactly. Right. But now they, I do think there, there's some people out there putting some money in it, and just yeah. putting hard in it and trying. And the on the other side in the culture, you know, the movies. It, I think because the arrival of the streaming industry, the the the, the uh, amount of great movies are just slim now. Cause they're just trying to churn it out. It, it's become a volume. Man. It's a race to volume just to put whatever out there. And, uh, even, even I've heard some big time actors say it, it's that that's the problem now. Nobody's making great movie. It's, it's how quick can
3: you get it to me?
2: We want it. Well, then, and,
3: and that well, was not my, just that it's not just that how many times when think about this, when, when you, when you've heard, how many times you heard this phrase in the business, it's just too earnest you know, it's like, that's like, anytime you do something that's wholesome or good, then it's up, like, oh, it's too earnest. And it's, I think it's, it's not just quickness. It's, I don't think they like the kind of content that, that we would, what we would want to see in the world, which is why, I mean, that's why I go like when Al went to the movies with us, um, I mean, our whole church was there. I mean, I'd say, you I know, mean, we filled up half the theater with, with people from our church. And I mean, I want to support any kind of, content that's coming out like that i mean the chosen jace you've been a big part of the of supporting oh, yeah. the work well that's Allison. what i'm Those saying doing. Well, but the but gap
2: my, has been closed is what i'm saying i mean like the world is saying, oh no question some of the actors uh my son was telling me this that that you know he was i forgot which actor it was but he was saying the reason that movies aren't as good anymore is he's like we don't go to locations anymore it's all and i mean he he was quoting him saying this is about going in the studio and and just pumping out as as much stuff as you can pump out. They're paying you astronomical money just to do shortcut versions of it. And of course, you know when you don't have Jesus as your as your center, and you're coming up with all these ideas. I mean, once you you get away from the top thirty ideas out there. <laughs> And I
1: think that's why the gap has been closed. So, my but to, to your point, I knew a little bit about some of the principles in this story, but I didn't know a lot about it. And I didn't know a ton about this revolution that happened in the 60s. I knew about the era. So I, I went into watching this film not knowing a lot about it. It was visually very well done. The acting was very good. But I'm telling you, I, telling, I mean, I watch a few movies I haven't watched a movie where I was moved to tears on three different occasions, maybe ever. (laughs) I'm saying I'm watching a movie and was moved to tears three different times. I mean, I was. I think. When's the last time that happened? I mean, I so so I was was I was emotionally invested enough in this film that I was moved to tears three different times in the film. That's the way I am about The Chosen. When I watch the episode, you know, it's moving to me.
2: But what
3: an opportunity, I see it like, what an opportunity, though. I mean, I do think we're at this kind of crossroads in, in, in media and film and TV and content where a lot of the distribution barriers are starting to, you know, it's the the foundation's starting to shake, and there's cracks in the wall that you can see the, like, godly content breaking through. Um so I think it's a great opportunity because I think content and, and movie. Yeah, there's not been a lot of good movies. I actually tear it up in Top Gun. I don't know why. It was like I, no, I think it was, was like a good, nostalgia. I thought that was a good yeah, movie. I did too.
2: Yeah, that was a good movie. But th- they're rare these days.
3: You know? They are rare. It's you rare. But you're but you're in there and you're just like a movie where there's like clear good and evil and it's like you know it's like man, this is like <laughs> it kind of took me back, to, you know, to my childhood. But it's like where 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 are the good movies? So I think for the church, you know, you. Uh, History shows that the church is typically uh, uh, points in history have been at the forefront of the arts. Um, you know, you look at what Michelangelo and Leonardo da Vinci and Rembrandt. I mean, back when that was kind of the art of the day, I mean, those guys were cutting edge and, and, the, and the content that they were the art they were developing was beautiful. And the church was leading the way in that. And I think part of the secular sacred divide that we talked about a few podcasts back where you know phil talked about hey we're duck hunters you know like, but you we're doing our ministry in our in our vocation but like when the when the divide happened it was like the church that is over here and then entertainment and arts that's over here and it's separate i think what's happened in the last you know 20 years is that twenty five thirty years is that particularly in the arts and entertainment is that line is being erased no and doubt so yeah about the it. first people no the, doubt and you know what school, no, cool? no doubt
0: fir- no doubt about
3: it. It's got to happen. I mean, I think at first, to, to Jason's point, the people that started the first kind of broke ground. We, you know, I don't laugh at what used to happen. I don't laugh at ch- cheesy Christian movies from the past because I'm like, we're all kind of standing on their shoulders, right? These guys are the first people in it. They raised money at their church, put a movie out, whatever it was, and you saw it was cheesy. Well, it was the first one done, and it showed them that there was a market there, you know. And and, it, and we've just consistently been building, and yeah, I mean. I think uh, Jesus Revolution. I think our film, The Blind, is on is on par with that. And I think when you see the quality of it, you're going to be like, "Whoa, this doesn't feel like a this feels like a film. You know, this feels like a mainstream film." So I, I think the gap is certainly closing. Which oh, is uh, the
0: Chosen is another prime example. Oh, no doubt. About Willie it. Willie told his mother, "That'd be Miss K." <laughs> Willie, Willie, for that, Willie just watched the whole thing, and he said it was the greatest thing he's seen lately. He was really impressed. The blind. The blind. Oh. Well, how did he get to see it? Because we well, he's an executive. He, just, he, he to... saw the, fir- the whole <laughs> thing, whatever stage they're in, but he was He saw the lock cut. He said, I was shocked. So, Dad and Jason,
1: are you aware of what a VPN is? Virtual Private Network. What is it? Virtual Virtual Private Network. Are you aware? Yeah, I I have one. My wife,
2: uh, say my assistant. That's your VPN? Well, they're my private network. (laughs) Dad, what about
0: you? (laughs) Well, virtually this could be said. Virtually it could, but I don't mess with virtually, just virtually crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be crude <laughs> in I, I think it's the <laughs> I mean, to I'm say. I'm talking to you on the phone. Are you there? But well, I'm virtually here. And I'm like, yeah. I,
1: I think it's safe to say these two don't know a lot about it. Zach, <laughs> Zach, you know about virtual private network, though, don't you? I do. Yeah, I use one. The rest of the world understands uh, that uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. What happens is when you search on the Internet um, that – the there are a lot of companies out there. As you search, they are now
3: eavesdropping on everything you're searching for. Is that right, Zach? Oh, they're studying your every move. You are you are under a microscope, and they and they do it so they can come back and market you, sell your information, sell your data, sell your idea. I mean, it, yeah, it's a, yeah. That's why I that's everything I do is through and uh, I have it on my,
0: on all my stuff. So, so you virtually are at a point to where you, you you don't have any anything that it's not you'd like to be privately held. It, exactly. You, you want to be able to
1: hold on to your information. That's why we love ExpressVPN, which is one of our sponsors. So they do uh, protect you, and uh, they handle your private data, and they keep it personal. So that's why we like these guys. Uh, they keep it safe. Uh, they keep you safe. And so what we ask you to do is, is visit them at expressvpn.com slash Unashamed. They're going to protect your information. ExpressVPN.com slash unashamed. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash unashamed. You're going to get three months free if you go and check these guys out. So stop handing over your personal data to the big tech monopoly that minds your activity mm. and sells your information. Mm. Protect yourself with the VPN I trust to keep me safe online. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash unashamed.
3: Which is kind of weird because he got on stage and uh, and and he's an EP on the project, and the first thing out of his mouth was, "I haven't watched this movie yet." <laughs> so it was it was the first time he had seen the, that cut. He had saw an earlier cut that was really rough, and so I think he was very surprised at how far it had come. You he know, was. And, uh, he was, yeah. Well, this I I just want to reiterate, like when you invest in participating in even things like signing up for an email list or going to buy a, a movie ticket or you know, for, for, to watch Jesus revolution or download the app of the chosen. Like I, that all of those things matter. And I think it's a, another way that we are kind of um, advancing the kingdom just by participating in these things where these kind of stories are being told. I mean, they, they it needs to, it takes people to get, you know, to get these things out there. So, um, I'm just thankful again to, to Unashamed Nation. And that's why I
1: brought it up. I brought it up to get folks to go watch it they are listening, but not just to be supported. Because I'm like you, Zach. I support a lot of the early movies. But even those, they had great messages. I mean, you know, Fireproof that Kirk Cameron did still means a lot to me because it meant a lot to me and Lisa because of where we were as a couple because we were rebuilding our marriage. And so that movie, even though, you know, it was in the early stages of, of Faith Films, I mean, it still had a meaningful message for me. So, but the, but what I'm saying is about Jesus Revolution is I went to it not knowing what to expect, and it was a home run movie. I mean, it was really, really, really well done, and so I was, you know, I was blessed by going to see it. So
0: I would make one point. I would recommend it highly. That ninety nine, ninety nine point nine percentage in the last fifty years, sixty years the movies that's been made. It all boils down to, and this is 99% of, this is just what I think from my observation and watching in various movies and films. When it, what it all comes down to over and over and over and over is good and evil. And, and 95% of the time, good triumphs over evil. And they all are the same, no matter where they started, where they are, in the middle of nowhere, and the it all comes down to good and evil, good and evil. Well, where did he get that idea? Huh? I wonder where they got that idea. I wonder where they got that idea. <laughs> there's no God, but there's a lot of movies made on good and evil, a whole lot of them. Uh, well,
3: yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize how much of the way you view the world and what you consider to be the good life, how much of that, like the reason what we think the good life is, is tremendously shaped by the content that we consume. I, I mean, it really is. So you think about what? what's the importance of telling. Um, I read one guy said, it's not telling a better story. It's telling a bigger story that like the gospel is a bigger story. It is better, but it's a bigger story. It's transcendent. So what? what why does it matter that we tell these stories in, in the way that we're telling them? Because it's, this is a medium through which people kind of develop their view of the world. And so if the church just says, eh, we're not going to really participate in that, we're not going to go there, then we're mm. giving the most powerful medium over to the evil one to say, no, no, no I'm telling you. All is, you have to you do is what
0: I do. I watch Matt Dillon on a, on a uh, concurrent <laughs> yeah. one after the other, and you say, what did you learn from all these Matt Dillon shows? Because they... They churned them out by the hundreds and At hundreds. At this
2: stage have you not seen 'em all? Huh?
0: Have oh, you? I've pretty well seen 'em all. And and what what I, what it what it always is the same thing. The wages of sin is death. And there he comes right there, Matt Dillon. He's get going out there to, to punish the wrongdoer. And I mean it's a it's a shoot 'em up. I guess I'm gonna have to watch an episode of that. But look, don't ever doubt
1: it. That's, I mean, the, you're right. The, but I just experienced it again. We were in North Carolina. It's interesting, Zach, because I'm driving from where you are over to Raleigh. So I passed the sign that said Mount Airy, you know, as I'm heading that way. And immediately I thought of Mayberry, you know, and Andy Griffin, because that's the the actual town, you know, that's based on. And so as I as I passed that sign, I thought about it. That that show was made oh, what, I, no, I still
0: watch that 60
1: show. or 70 years yeah, ago. I love that. When that show was made. And you can still see it. Right now, if we found the television with all the channels, we could find oh, wow. Andy Griffin. I've watched oh, yeah. it. I've watched it I'd say uh in the last ten days, I've probably watched it five times. <laughs> and anytime you turn it on, you can sit down and watch it, right? It's it's engaging, it's funny. It's, I mean, it still a, has application 60 and
0: 70 years later. What do you think about it, Duck Dynasty didn't stay long, five, six years, which is pretty lengthy and those kind of stuff. But if you just looked at it, you know, it was just a picture of, of a family of faith. They had some more coming up, several families, the family shows, you know, Cameron, Kirk Cameron and them, they, they had this little faith show. And they usually lasted seven, eight, four, five, six years and they sang of the past. Right, I mean, they come and go. So this is my point.
1: So my point is, I drive past that sign. I think about that show and one of those generational shows that has a lasting impact. So I get to where I'm going, and the reason I'm asked to come and speak there, it was a Wild Game supper, which we've all spoken at many of those. Next day, I speak at this church, which is packed and they're wearing camo and we've all been in the scenario. It's a great Sunday, people are streaming down, they're giving their life to Christ. The reason they're all there is because of this show. That's right. And we've been off the air now
0: for six years. I've said to nobody yet, but I will say it today. We were all interviewed at some point during the week when we were making these things. We would sit down and they would turn the cameras on and they would begin to ask questions. 98% 98% of my answers to their questions. This is being filmed. I'm filmed somewhere, they have the film somewhere. I'm seated in a chair, and the movie people are all gathered around, and they, and they did it with everybody, not only me. They had Miss Kay, she sits down for an hour with them. But every week, at least an hour of it, or two, we would elaborate on following Jesus, Christianity, look. Ninety nine point nine percent of that would have a run,
2: but that's just how TV. I mean, Phil, I'm doing right. that right now. I, mean, I
0: would give him a, a sermon. Right, they would ask me a question. Yeah. I'd give him a sermon. They'd ask me a question. I'd give him a sermon. I'm and I was sitting there thinking, I'm hoping this is reaching out, but it was yeah. though, Dad. But look, well, the, the fact that very little of it
1: being shown, but the fact that none of that made it. doesn't matter in the big scheme because it does make it because six years later, I'm in North Carolina speaking, you're in Mississippi
0: speaking. they just got a little bit. They just got a little bit. I'm
2: doing a TV show now and I'm still doing those same interviews. I'm doing it way more than an hour a week.
0: uh, Oh, I know it. And I know what you're going uh, through, Jay. It's still working. They're they're
2: like, you know, they're they're, good luck because I didn't lay a glove on (laughs) them. Well, <laughs> you well, did laglover. Like, they're building an episode, you know, so you're they're not going to put your
1: mini sermon in there. No. Uh, to Zach's point, the medium is so powerful. So I'm meeting these kids Dad, at this event. These are kids that are too small. They're too young to have watched our show. And so I was like, "Well, how do you know about this show?" You know what they said? We just started watching it. Yeah, rerun This year. In reruns. Well, I wanted to read this. It's something. like Andy Griffith. It just starts all
0: over again. I would ask them. I will. would ask them while I was talking with them. I said they would ask some crazy questions, you know, just slow down, sorry. And I'm trying to put a spiritual twist on it. But I would say something like, where, where, where are you from? You, you asking me these questions for <laughs> What state are you from? He said, California. I said California. That's why I'm getting this information. I am. Yeah. So that's why this thing is turning out to be a bunch of bull crap. But Phil, you oh, were. Where are you from? New York City. Phil, said, we yeah. were
2: we were doing a TV show that you were oblivious of the plan of the actual when show. When the
0: redneck world met, you know, California. Well,
2: let me let me read this, Phil. This is uh, Second Peter. This, I think this is where we actually left off, but I think it applies to what we're talking about. In chapter 1, 16, a second, Peter, when when he said, we do not follow cleverly invented stories, yep, which is basically what movies are.
0: Yeah. Oh, no doubt about
2: it. And so it's like he, he was very clear on that. When we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty, which is, I think that's the number one accusation to what we're involved in is, oh, this is just something made up. I mean, of course, people will say, well, yeah, this is the inspired word of God. Well, how do you know he just didn't make that up when he he said that? But I think those who are searching and who are open-minded, once you start reading this book, I mean, there's a reason that. It's been translated, I think, into seven hundred different languages, and been the number one seller for how many years?
0: Every since, year, every year way since back. the
2: printing press. Yeah, I mean that's, uh, and it's just a book. Yeah. So, and there are shows about it, and there have been movies about it, but and what I mean, many shows, just, just a
1: book. How many books have been written? I mean, and then we've theorized for many years, Jace. You, you, the leading one on it is that every main idea and thought from almost every successful movie series and whatever on all these thoughts have come from a biblical narrative on. No the, doubt.
2: And then when you get into the commercials, I tell you, and look, I got a lot of, a lot of people that are, that are following, following my idea now. Cause every time, you know, they, they see some a commercial, whatever that uses a godly principle, you know, they let me know my friends are like, here we go again. You know, I mean. Ain from angel soft toilet paper to to you know eternal eyeliner
1: <laughs> to forever twenty one. There's
2: actually an eyeliner which I don't even know what that is, but some of our lady listeners will. That they it's eternal, eternal eyeliner. What does it mean? What does it even mean? You know, forever twenty one grasping at straws. Oh wait, I forgot they went bankrupt. <laughs>
0: Uh,
3: <laughs> I yeah guess 21 is isn't forever
2: wow yeah what happened
3: until, until chapter I'm, nine bankruptcy yeah i
2: was gonna be 21 forever so you know if i wear this underwear i'm gonna be you know forever 21 no not gonna happen you're gonna get into your 50s and your city lord willing Seven. and then at some point you got to deal with reality that that's why we we spent the whole last podcast talking about what does it mean to to find this eternal kingdom this is not a marketing campaign Peter was like I'm not trying to give you some marketing campaign where oh we came up these are actually principles that we saw I mean to go back to what he saw with the Transfiguration he was talking to a couple of fellas that hadn't been on the earth for a thousand years. <laughs> I mean that this is—he's like I'm. I'm an eyewitness, and when you look, you know, look at Josephus and some of the other historian writers that give give. I mean, none of this is contrary in our history books to what they did. I mean, it it only validates what they saw. I mean, here, read it. Try to disprove it. I'm telling you, you're you're gonna have a hard time doing that. That's oh, that's I'm why it is the number one book, and will continue to be so. Because what if it's really true? That's a good point. What if this is really true, which he goes down to verse 19 and he's like, because a lot of people say, well, how do all the prophets and how do we know this is valid and this is reliable? And I mean, I think Peter makes a very resounding argument. He says, we have the word of the prophets made more certain and you'll do well to pay attention to it. So these are the I'm assuming my take is these are the prophets that were prophesying about the coming Lord and Savior Jesus. They, You can go to the Old Testament and read prophecy after prophecy after prophecy, and then you can read multiple times where Jesus said to fulfill prophecy, I will do this or I will do that. And, and
0: what Peter is saying, I mean, if you want to check back into his history, he certainly didn't start that way. Jesus proved it to him. Exactly. He, he was saying, <laughs> he's making- what you're saying you're gonna do, die for the sins of the world and be resurrected three days later. He looked around at the rest of them and they were all looking at each other like, I, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah. Peter said, that's not gonna happen. I mean, he'd been on both sides
1: of this thing. Well, he's making the distinction between the ones who have invented the stories versus the stories that have been around from the very right. beginning.
2: Well, we referred to in a previous podcast that you know Peter uses all this graphic imagery in this book, which is which caused a lot of controversy among the religious world because they're like, I'm not even sure Peter wrote this, you know. But and so here's one of these illustrations he uses that I I find actually quite beautiful, but people are like, well, this is a strange way to put this because he says, you know, paying attention to to the certainty of what the prophet said, it's like a light, this is verse 19, it's like a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation, which is one of the accusations against the validity of Following Jesus. They're like, Well, these 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 people just made this up. This is all just kind of like a bizarre movie script, which he's saying the exact opposite. He's like, We didn't make it up. And the prophecies came true. Jesus fulfilled them. We saw what we saw, and we're writing writing it down. And the more certainty that you are that these people were being carried along by the Holy Spirit, which is what he it says in verse twenty one, for prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along
1: by the Holy Spirit. I mean what a thought. Which I always thought that picture he painted with the light and the dark sort of goes back to the transfiguration reference, kind of that the brightness idea, and then it also compares a lot to first John chapter one, you know, where John has this idea of Jesus being light and as the light of men. And he does this whole exact same thing where he compares it to light and dark. So
2: no, I think it's a good, I mean, to me, the two choices that are the most, I would put the top two choices for what that is, is either down in your heart and like on an individual basis. And when the, the confidence of who Jesus was predicted to be and who he claimed to be and who he ultimately is when that light bulb goes off. So it's either in your heart or it's, he's meaning the world as in darkness. And it's meaning the group of individuals as a church that he could be addressing that has Jesus as the centerpiece and the certainty of, I mean, I, those are, I I think most people think the dark place is the world and the church because Jesus is the head of the church and he's talking about the kingdom here in this context. So, I mean, when that light, we're the light of the world, man, when Jesus, we're the light of the world. So individually and collectively or, or both, I mean, I
1: think that's what he's getting around. Well, to. you can make a case for both. Cause you know, when you think about John one, you know, in him was the light of men. You think about the word, Being with God and was God, and we've talked about that before. When you go back to Genesis one and you see the Spirit of God hovering over the waters, and then the Word said, "Let there be light." So even from the very beginning, the Word spoke light into existence, which is really powerful. And the idea of the Spirit was there. So you read through; you can make the case for both.
0: First and Second Peter, in Second Peter, down in chapter two, Peter was guilty as charged when he said. Jesus committed no sins no, and no deceit was found in his mouth. No, that's 1 Peter 2. Yeah, 1 Peter 2. Yeah. yeah. When they hurled their insults at him, look, Peter, guilt is charged. I mean, he said, that's, you're not gonna die and be buried and you're not gonna do that. He was hurling his insults at him, Peter was. He did not retaliate though, fortunately for Peter and all the rest of us, when he suffered. He made no threats. Instead, he did, he entrusted himself to the one who judges. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree. Peter was the one saying it ain't gonna happen. It's pretty amazing when you write about yourself what you were saying. He's including himself. True. Well, Peter, yeah. knew, Peter knew the other writers. He knew Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Mm-hmm. He he he, he know, he understood what they had to say, but he was, along with everybody else, guilty as charged and just march on. Right. So it all yeah, worked I think out.
3: Under, uh, that I think that underscores when he says that no prophecy uh, originated in the will of man, yep. um, uh, but each one was to say, a matter of, or, or, or is a matter of one's own interpretation, for no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke from God which would include Peter. And so all these prophecies in the, in the old Testament that were fulfilled, that were given by men, right? I mean, Isaiah, the the Psalmist, they're writing, but it, all these prophetic things that they wrote did not originate in their own will, but they originated um, from God through the Holy Spirit. So I think when you talk about the light, um, I just pulled this up, the the light, listen to this Psalms 119, Verse uh, 105, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. Or John 17, 17, in uh, um, the whole context of sanctification by the truth, your word is truth. So I think that uh, um, the, the word of God, uh, it, the scripture is is one of the primary sources of light for us to see. How would we know, right? We read what was written by God through men. So. When you when you hear the word like inspired or God breathed, it it is different. It's not that God dictated this and said, "Hey, write this down word for word," because um, you have even different accounts in the Gospels. You know, you have if you go read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, who all witnessed the story of Jesus unfold. There's a lot of different details that are given in each one because they're, you know, the, they they're participating with the Spirit. The Spirit's moving through them and, and inspiring them, and they're, but He's not dictating it like word for word. Write this down. He's inspiring the author to write, and um, and moving them, and 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 it's being breathed out of God, which is just kind of an incredible thought. I think that's it um, is, yeah. You know, to think about God took sinful people, uh, people who were limited, and honestly, I probably didn't even realize a lot of the prophecies they were writing about. Didn't even really understand no. what all this was going to mean in the grand scheme of things. So they're yeah. writing into this narrative that we're participating in now thousands of years later. And when they wrote these prophecies, you know, they didn't understand the, the, the full depth of where this was going, but God did. And, uh, and God had, a, God had a purpose in it. And well, um, I think, I he, think
0: it, go ahead. Go ahead. The, the writers, just, uh, th- why, why are you there down in the, the first chapter of first Peter concerning this salvation, the prophets who spoke of the grace that was to come in come to you searched intently and with the greatest care trying to find out the time and circumstances which they were living living out at the at the time on which the spirit of christ and the opponent when he predicted the sufferings of christ and the glories that would be that would follow it's pretty amazing yeah but if, if you they, if they you were get off on this though
3: Yeah, if you get off on this, though, this is the thing we can never bend on, and and, uh, we can never bend on the fact that that the final authority is not with uh, with us; it is with God's word, with His Scripture. It is inerrant. Yep. It is holy. It is true. It is without error. Like we have that is the, the church. We can have we can argue about interpretation. We can argue about what does it mean, and I'm okay with that. But once you leave, this as the authority, and you put humans in charge of getting to dictate what truth is. Then yeah. that is that to me. That's that is the end of 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 that is where deconstruction begins and ends. Is when we get away from the authority of the Word of God because it is it is His Word and it's His yeah. communication. We are correct. Well, that's what his happens in uh,
2: that's what happens in chapter two. I think that was the thought that he was having when he was writing this because because the next phrase in
1: chapter two is. There will also be false prophets among you. You got that key word, but all right, we'll get to that in the next podcast. Before we do that, we'll discuss a little bit more of this uh, idea of prophecy in our overtime segment, blazetv.com slash unashamed. If you want to come with us in the overtime and talk a little bit more. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes.